الحمد لله رب العالمين ربنا لك الحمد حتى ترضى ربنا لك الحمد إذا ما رضيت ربنا لك الحمد بعد الرضا فلك الحمد أبدا 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 فالحمد لله رب العالمين الذي نحمده ونستعينه ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله فصل اللهم على سيدنا محمد خاتم النبيين the last and final messenger we begin by praising and thanking Allah for giving us so many blessings we praise and thank him we want to make him happy we want to please him and we always continue to praise and thank him in all situations in our life and we ask him to send peace and blessings upon our beloved prophet the final messenger to all of mankind a'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem bismillahir rahmanir rahim afa bi hadhal hadith antum mudhinun wa taj'alun rizqakum annakum tukadhibun are you denying or trying to compromise in this message, the Qur'an, the life of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and you are making your sustenance as a rationale to just disbelieve in Allah altogether? This was two ayat at the end of Surah Al-Waqi'ah. And these I mentioned last week in the khutbah, but I felt that I didn't do justice to those two ayat. So this is going to be the topic of today's khutbah. Now, I read up a little bit of history. And I found that even people who don't believe in Allah altogether, they're not even Christians or Jews, or, they're atheists or agnos. They historically study what happened in history and they say that for thousands of years, we believed in miracles. And then after that, science came and started explaining things to us. And we know as Muslims that miracles continue to happen, but not at the same scale as they used to back in the days. You don't have such a miracle as the Red Sea splitting with a dry path at the bottom. These kinds of miracles don't happen anymore. Because we have the final miracle, which is the Qur'an, the Book of Allah. So what they explain is that when science came in, that's when atheist, atheism started happening. They explain that century after century, especially in Europe, they started discovering things. And when they discovered things, the authority was pressuring and torturing and even killing scientists who found things that didn't match what they wanted the people to believe. The authority wanted people to follow a certain way and believe a certain way. People didn't have access to the Bible in Europe. They didn't even know the language of the Bible. They just had to take the religion from the authority, from the church. They had no knowledge about it. And whenever a scientist came and said that, you know, the earth is not the center of the universe, they would torture them, some of them put them to death, burn them alive when they explained how our universe works, when they explained some things about life and death, 
They were putting pressure on them. So those scientists, they were finding out things that, didn't, that the authority didn't like. So they had a revolution and they did away with the authority. And now science is free to find out anything that we need to find out. And so there are many scientists. They were asked that now that you've identified this, you know, this chemical reaction and this is how this works, where is God in your equation? Or where does God belong in your understanding of things? And some scientists, they said, I didn't need that hypothesis. My scientific findings are sufficient. I know how it works. I don't, there's no need for a God to be creating this. It just works by itself. So for like centuries, most of the world who was fed up with the authority that was pressuring against science, they said, we don't need God anymore. We don't need to think that there is a God. But what did they say today? Those same groups of scientists, even the ones who are atheists, they say that, you know what? This room that we are sitting in and the air that is around us, there's air in the room and there's people in the room and there's carpet. This room is 99.9% emptiness. My, my hand is 99% emptiness. So the very physical things that we have scientifically studied, we still don't really understand how they work. We still don't really understand the secrets within them. How, how is my hand made of 99% emptiness? Because if you take a microscope and go deep into each molecule that our hand, our, everything physical is made of, that molecule has you know, particles that are so far from each other that the rest of it is emptiness. Even iron has majority emptiness inside. So the scientists, they start saying that, you know what? I mean, we know all the laws of physics that we can see, like gravity and things like that. We know that the planets orbit. These things are simple to know. But now we found out that when I put a book on the table, I'm putting emptiness on emptiness and it still doesn't fall. And they're realizing that the reality before our eyes is just, we don't understand the reality. We don't understand it. And so that's why the most recent scientists, they are turning back to Allah. They're turning back to God. They're finding that, wait a minute, we can no longer put God out of the equation. We can no, no longer take God out of the equation. Even people who are atheists, they were raised atheists. They don't want to have anything to do with religion. But when they look at modern day science, after Einstein basically, now they come back to the realization that this is not random. This, is, this was done by design. And there, there are way more things that we don't understand than things that we do understand about science and things around us. Now let me bring it back to the ayat of Surah Al-Waqi'ah. When the event that was meant to happen will happen. And by the way, no one can deny that it will happen. This is the beginning of Surah Al-Waqi'ah. What event is Allah talking about? He's talking about the Day of Judgment. Hmm. 
the sun is in orbit and they say, I think, in direction of another star, I think Vega, is the direction that the sun is going to. Meaning that eventually, in some, a long time, the sun is going to crash into another, some, some kind of a solar system. In other words, even scientifically we know that the world we live in is not forever. It is temporary. Um, Yellowstone National Park. Yellowstone National Park is beautiful, but if you know the science of it, it's a little bit scary. And if you're not Muslim, it's even more scary. If you're Muslim, there's nothing to worry about. Why is Yellowstone scary? Yellowstone is a massive magma chamber under the ground. Hmm? It's as big as DFW in size. Massive magma chamber. And it is deeper, like the size of the chamber is deeper than its distance from the surface. And every year, it gets larger and larger. And the surface or the ground of Yellowstone National Park rises by, I think, maybe 8 centimeters every year. Keeps going up, keeps going up. What is this telling you? This is a huge magma chamber that's going to explode. The scientists have told us that Yellowstone, scientifically, they've evaluated that that super volcano, mega volcano, explodes every, I think, 200,000 years. Okay, so that's good. And it hasn't exploded for 300,000 years. Oh my. Yellowstone is about to explode. They say that the Yellowstone magma chamber under there is 200... Okay, so maybe I got the numbers mixed up. 250,000 times the power of Mount, Saint, uh, Mount Helen. St. Helen? The one that exploded in uh, Washington State. And that was destructive. They're saying that whenever, if Yellowstone explodes, it's going to cover the entire Earth with a cloud of you know, smoke and there's going to be no more sun. Same scenario as the dinosaurs, basically. And it's overdue. Yellowstone should have already exploded, statistically speaking. That'd be scary. That'd be scary. If you're not Muslim, you'd be scared. If you're Muslim, what, what do you have to not be scared? How could you not be scared when you're a Muslim? When you're a Muslim, you know all the things that are going to happen before Allah calls it the end. Before the trumpet is blown. You know all these things. You know that Al-Mahdi hasn't yet come. You know that Al-Dajjal hasn't yet come. You know many things haven't yet come. And you know that they're going to take some time to come. And you also know that Allah will make sure that every believing person on earth, their soul will be removed before they have to suffer any of the destruction of Armageddon or the destruction of the universe, the Day of Judgment. Allah will send some kind of a wind that will peacefully, quietly, calmly take the soul of a person, all of the Muslims, all of the believers together at once. So nobody will feel sad that somebody else got, you know, killed in some kind of a volcano explosion or whatever it is. All of them at the same time. Because, you know, when somebody passes away, we feel very sad for the family. They lost their loved ones. At that time, for the believers, there's, no, there's not going to be any reason for sadness. Everybody leaves at the same time. With no pain. Like Allah guarantees that the angel that comes to you, we've talked about some of this last week, 
the angel that comes to you, when the angel comes to take your soul out of the body and bring you back to Allah, if you're a believer, that angel is very careful. And the soul comes out very smooth, just like running water. And you don't feel any pain. And that angel welcomes you and you feel happy when you meet that angel. My mom has witnessed people that were smiling when they died. I remember there was a young uh, teenager in our community last year, the year before, at some point, during the month of Ramadan. He drowned in one of the rivers somewhere here. And when they picked him up, he was smiling. He had died smiling. There was a smile on his face. On his face. Some people, Allah takes the soul, the angel takes the soul, and they're very happy about it. So there's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to worry about. If Allah has decided that it is time for the day of judgment, He's going to take all of us together back to Him. In no pain. And if not, then life is going to continue to go on. So you have to check what you're doing with your life. Are you a believer? Is your faith strong? That you're one of these people that you're going to deserve for that angel to pull you out very easily, very gently? You won't feel any pain. You won't feel any sadness. You have to do everything you can to be among these people. Because Surah Al-Waqi'ah continues. There will be three groups of people. There are a lot of people from the past and very few from our later times that will be the winners. The ones who win the race. The foremost. The, one who did, the ones who did their best in this life. Better than anybody else. They'll be the first on the Day of Judgment. They'll go through the Day of Judgment like lightning. Everything will be... They won't even feel the Day of Judgment. Just like when you watch a movie, you don't, you don't feel the pain that the people in the movie are suffering. These people, they'll just fly through the Day of Judgment. And then Allah describes what they're going to get in Jannah. Then there's another group of people. This group has even more people in that group. A lot of people from the past, and even a lot of people from our modern-day, later generations. That group of people, Allah says, they will be on the right side, which is a figurative way of saying that they did the right things in their life, so they're going to be guided to Jannah. They're going to go to Jannah. And then Allah again describes all the rewards they're going to get in Jannah. And then there's going to be a third group of people. That third group of people, they're going to also be guided in a certain direction. Samumin wa hamim wa min yahmum is going to be some thick smoke that you would suffocate in. Thick smoke that you would burn in. And this is even before they have to drop into the hellfire. The hellfire will come to them and they will drop into the hellfire. Innahum kanu qabla thalika mutrafeen. They were so excessive in this life. They were extravagant in this life. In this life. They didn't want to listen when people were reminding them, advising them. They used to insist on the sins that they were committing. They used to insist on all the wrong that they were doing. And they used to say, Really? Think about it. 
We're going, our whole body is going to decompose. We're going to become complete dust and some bones left. After that, really? We're going to be alive again? Really? That's what they used to say. Qul, tell them, you and all the people before you, all of you, and you're all going to be gathered. To a day that is very well known. Everybody knows about this day. There is no denying that Yellowstone eventually has to blow up. We know this. Nobody can deny this. The people who insist to continue to live their life as if there's going to be no end to this world, as if there's going to be no after, afterlife, the ones who can continue to deny it, they're the ones who will have to suffer that, suffer that consequence, that punishment. So then in Surah Al-Waqi'ah, Allah now speaks to us scientifically. He says, think about it. Look at your creation. How were you created? Then think about it. Think about all the food that you eat. Are you the ones who make sure that the seed grows from the dirt? You can put the seed in the dirt. You can put water. Are you the one making the seed grow? Think about the water that you drink. Are you the one making it fall down from the clouds? Think about everything around you. Everything works so well. You look at all the designs that Allah has put in our creation. Everything works so well. So now it's ringing like the topic of the khutbah originally, right? Look around you. Scientific knowledge, scientific findings, they can only lead you to the conclusion that this is from Allah. This is from a perfect intelligent mind. Perfect intelligence. The creator of the entire universe. Look at the fire that you use. And it's so nice to have fire. And now we don't have fire as much as we used to in the, back in the days. Now we have the heat instead. And all of us know how nice it is to have heat in your house. Look at this fire. Did you grow the trees? Or did you just go and cut the trees to make fire? <laughs> Allah's making everybody think. And then he tells us, really? After you found all these things about your existence, after Allah has given you the means to understand where you came from, to understand how things work around you, now that that knowledge came to you, that knowledge becomes your reasoning that makes you deny God? That knowledge makes, becomes the reasoning that makes you think that there's no end, and there's no, constant, there's no hereafter after this life? It doesn't make any sense. This is like if a teenager who finally gets a driver's license and gets a job says, now I don't need my parents anymore. For 20 years, for 15 years, for 18 years, your parents were helping you out. Now that you have a driver's license and you have a, a job, that's it, you don't need your parents at all. It doesn't make sense. You know that your parents can still help you. And this is what Allah is saying. When Allah gifts all of us with all these things of knowledge and achievement and being able to do things, he expects that from that we will turn to him and be thankful to him. And he despises those people when he gives them gifts. He doesn't realize that these gifts are coming from him. He even takes these gifts and says, because of these gifts that I got from nobody, there is no God. That doesn't make any sense. How can you get a gift from God and yet, then when you see the gift, you said, because of this gift that I have, there is no God. 
That makes absolutely no sense. And modern day science is going back to realize that it makes no sense. They said that we don't need God anymore. Look at this authority back in the days that used to pressure us. We don't need God anymore. Now the more science advances, the more they realize, wow, this can only be from God. This can only be from one, you know, they call it the driving thread. Some design, some intelligence that was able to put this together. And then the rest of the world is just wondering, how is God? Who is God? How can we find God? So let's all appreciate and thank Allah for making us Muslims and giving us the guidance and understanding of what we're doing here and who is our master. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wassalatu al-salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad al-Sadiq al-Wa'd al-Ameen The conclusion of Surah Al-Waqi'ah, brothers and sisters after Allah mentions this logic, logical thinking is that the final point Allah makes nobody is in control of what happens in the future nobody and so, picture yourself in the future. The only one that controls the future is Allah. He knows and He can get you where you want to be. So picture yourself in the future. Which of these three groups are you going to be from? Do you want to go through the Day of Judgment, suffering in deep, thick smoke, suffocating before you go drum and get dropped into the hellfire? Do you want to go to Jannah? What are you going to do with your life to get there? Indeed, this is the truth. Allah says at the end of Surah Al-Waqi'ah. Think about it. Think about what you're doing with your life. Think about what you're doing with every day and every hour that passes. All these blessings that Allah has given you. What are you doing with them? Or is it that you want to be among those people, those few people who will go through the Day of Judgment like lightning? Nothing will happen to them. Everything will be super easy. Not everybody who goes to Jannah goes to Jannah without hardship. Some people, they will face hardship on the Day of Judgment. Some levels of hardship. They have, you have to cross over the Surat that is right over the hellfire. You have to face the, the scales of deeds that are weighed. Many people will get to Jannah after having some level of hardship. Do you want to have hardship in the Day of Judgment? Or do you want to be the best in this life so that you can be the first in the hereafter think about that and being the best means that is the best behavior the best in humility the best in doing good deeds the best in being nice to others the best in worshipping Allah with the, the abilities that He has given you the best doesn't mean that you have to win the Hifs competition the best doesn't mean that you have to have A plus in all your subjects that's not what the best means the best in the eyes of Allah is the one who has the most taqwa the one who is the righteous, the one who is caring for others, the one who is striving to do good deeds throughout his whole life. Which group do you want to be in? Allahumma ja'alna min al-qaleel. Because Allah, Allah says that those who are the best, they are very few. May Allah make us from among those very few. Ameen, ya Rabbil Alameen. Rabbana wa awzi'na 
And yet Allah, as always, make us remind, remind us of all the blessings that you have given us. Push us to be thankful for all the blessings that you have given us. Don't make us among the people who will start having doubts about you, Ya Allah, after you have given us so many blessings. Ameen. وَأَدْخِلْنَا بِرَحْمَتِكَ فِي عِبَادِكَ الصَّالِحِينَ وَصَلِّ اللَّهُمَّ عَلَى سَيْدِنَا مُحَمَّدْ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَأَصْحَابِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ وَأَقِمِ ال